We hope you all had a great Christmas despite what the Chiefs game had us all feeling like as they fell to the Las Vegas Raiders 2014 on Monday. Uh, the defense was fantastic. The offense, we'll get into that here in a bit today on 10 Things. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Thanks to everybody hanging out with us live on YouTube. We appreciate uh, you spending part of your day with us, and we appreciate everybody listening to the audio podcast. Uh, after the fact, I'm BJ Kissel. This is Haley Lewis, and we've got 10 facts and opinions to share following the loss yesterday to the Raiders. Please let us know in the comment section. We'd like for this show to be interactive. We've got Tucker Franklin producing this thing, so uh, let us know how you're feeling about the loss and with some of the facts and opinions that we bring up on this show. Before we get to too much of the Chiefs stuff, Haley, how was your Christmas? It was a bit depressing. Let's start there. A bit depressing. Uh, I had a great Christmas with family. We got to spend time with family and everything. But uh, watching that game, I, I grew up in a football family, as you know. So there's quite a lot of very passionate football people in my family. And having to watch that game on Christmas, I'm really glad we opened presents and had our thing before. Because there were lots of, uh, they ran to the gas station at halftime to fill back up on on the drink. And then it just uh, just went downhill from there. So, yeah, we I, our family had a good Christmas. Chris, kids had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas Eve was a little bit of a yeah. What happened? Mess. Uh, we were in Manhattan. Uh, we always go back and forth. So my yeah, yeah. Manhattan, and we were there. And the plan was to come back Christmas Eve. Uh, once her mom and dad went to church, we were going to leave, drive the two hours back to Kansas City, have the kids sleep, so we wake up Christmas morning in our house. Gotcha. My wife. Went, got the car off the street, pulled it into the driveway so we could load everything up and noticed that the tire was low, uh, which we've had issues with the tires, brand new tires. Um, they keep going low. And I know a lot of people don't care about this, but I, get, I can answer you at this point. <laughs> we went and tried to get the tires inflated through a, a connection through like the cigarette lighter. And then all the mm. electrical stuff started going haywire. And I thought it was the alternator. Something went wrong. My wife's car, you can't even put it into neutral if you don't have power without getting in, like, really no. getting an itch and moving stuff. Well, we had blocked in both her mom and her dad's car. So we're sitting there at 530 on Christmas Eve with a car that won't start or move, blocking in all the other cars. And all the Christmas presents, all the stuff for our kids was in Kansas City. Oh. And so, like, there was no just stay in Manhattan. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. Would have, for any parents out there, would have affected Christmas. Uh, in a very major way. That's what you get for so, skipping out on church. Yeah. Well, we didn't. We were trying to get back. <laughs> We'd gone to church the day before. Uh, so ended, we ended up jumping the car, got it back. Uh, but we also, the issues with the sensor on the hot water heater. So I didn't know if the car was going to Oh, that's a mess. As I was driving back, I had two dogs in the car with me. So we got back. It was a little bit later than we wanted, but ended up being a great Christmas uh, in that regard. And then the Chiefs game happened. Yeah. So... Um, we're going to talk about that now. I talked about it on the post game show last night and going to talk about it again today. But before we end, also want to thank Mission Taco Joint for being the sponsor of this show and for our with the KCSN Foundation with our Feed It Forward program. Mission Taco Joint has three locations in Kansas City with South Plaza, Crossroads, and Leewood. And you can get 10% off your order every Tuesday. So if you want to go today, you listen to this now, 
Go to Mission Taco Joint, mention KCSN, you get 10% off your order. You can also grab an any given holiday cocktail while you're there, and you're, you'll be helping support Braden's Hope and their passion for pediatric cancer research and funding. It's a great local organization. And that is a that any given holiday is a very, very good drink. Had a few of those the other night during our event. Had a great time there. Uh, but appreciate Mission Taco Joint. Uh, so if you want to support us, another way to do it is by supporting those who do support us in Mission Taco Joint being one of those places. Tacos make everything better. I just am sad that I've had to say that six times now this season. I'm One of these days I'm going to bring tacos in and we can eat them. Um, and thank you, Patrick. Let's do this. And I, I know how he feels. That's um, <laughs> what I've been texting. So uh, we will do this together. Um, an angry, drunk, drunken German. So this is group therapy post-holiday special. Yes. And I've... You know what, guys, like I've got some, I've got a couple stats that I think, and not going to make you feel better, not going to all of a sudden be like, yeah, this you're not what we all know we're seeing, <laughs> but there is some context and some stuff that will make sure. you feel a little bit differently about the sky isn't completely falling uh, as to what we're watching right now. So let's get started. Uh, we're going to kind of alternate between a fact and an opinion uh, going down the line, see how this goes. Uh, but Haley, the first one, fact with the Chiefs offense. Yep. Oh, it ain't Offenson. <laughs> the offense ain't Offenson, and that is a fact. We're gonna. <laughs> it's finally time we admit it. This has been something that a lot of people have been playing around with our opinions around this, but the facts are the facts, and that's the fact that the offense is not working as an offense should work under Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and Travis Kelsey on your team as well. It's not. It's not working. Another slow start. They can't dig out of that hole, right? They go back to back three and outs to start things off, and. I think it was negative 18 net yards in the first quarter of play. That's Kansas. I mean, to put that to put that stat along with saying that's from the Kansas City Chiefs offense is something we never would have thought we would say last season. Now things change, understandable yeah. so. But a fumble return for a touchdown, then a pick six that was all within seven seconds. It just shoved this team down into a hole that they just could not dig themselves out of. And we sadly don't have a solution to that. And there's only two games left in the season. Yeah. Uh, to add some more facts to that, we're getting started with some of the, yeah. the negative. Stuff. Start with the big punches. Three, 308 yards of total offense. That did surprise me this morning when I looked it up. That was the third fewest yards the Chiefs had offensively in games this season. It was surprising that... The third fewest? Yeah. So the against the Dolphins and the Broncos, they had oh, wow. fewer yards than they did yesterday against the Raiders. I would um, which was surprising, especially with the Dolphins game, which mm-hmm. the second half was completely different than the first half in that one. But um, I did think Maddie Lane brought up an interesting point on the post game show last night. Uh, he was talking about how, and it's not a good, not a good thing, <laughs> but <Soccer. laughs> yeah, um, that the second time we've played teams, the second time we've done it this season, obviously with the Broncos game and now with the Raiders, the second time we faced the team, they dominated defensively. Like it was a completely yeah. different kind of feel. And his worry is that a lot of the teams that you might face in the playoffs would be facing for a second time. And is some of the threat taken away from this offense in that, you know, you know you have Patrick Mahomes back there, you know he can make any throw. But if you're not going to get beat on some of those, defenses start playing you differently. We saw mm-hmm. it on the Jack Jones interception. We'll talk a little bit about it more. We got the video for it. Um, but teams are playing them differently. And you look at some of the advanced stats. I mean, the Chiefs were 0 of 3 on passes beyond 20 yards yesterday. And just 3 of 8 on passes beyond 10 yards. And then Mahomes ending the game with a mere 5.3 yards yeah. per attempt with one touchdown, one interception. Uh, and the Chiefs just broke four plays longer than 13 yards all afternoon. Those are all stats. Yeah. Slash. Those aren't opinions. 
right, let's get those are the facts. We're going to run right through that because everybody's got their thoughts. I'm sure you were all talking to family and friends and text group texts and all the deal <laughs> about the Chiefs offense. We've all got takes on that. We've got a little bit more uh, context here in a minute, but uh, facts on the Chiefs defense was another solid performance. Uh, and I thought they were flat out dominant in yeah. this game. They, they, they look good. Of course, the first half, it's 17. Uh, 17 point lead for the Raiders but that was of course not due to the defense to those touchdowns being those defensive touchdowns that came from the Raiders that we were just talking about that the offense actually gave up they only gave up one field goal and then of course a two-point conversion that counts against them so eight total points in this game only a field goal in the second half as well the fact that the Chiefs were able to hold Aiden O'Connell he didn't complete a single pass in the second quarter that I mean that looks phenomenal the second half I said yeah only allowing one field goal as well but the there were flaws. Of course, there was there were a few a few like there was a penalty. Um, of course, towards the end when they could have made that stop, I think they allowed the Raiders to open up for like a forty three yard run or something like that. But overall, the Chiefs' defense was solid, and I, I think those are those are some facts, and we'll get into a little bit more about it, opinion wise. But the Chiefs' defense comes up big again, and there's just no way that the offense capitalizes off of it, and that's just disappointing. Yeah, and it goes into number three here. We're gonna run through these. Pretty quickly, so I'm sure we're going to get stuck on a few of these later. Um, but third one is an opinion, and it's based on fact. Um, it's kind of magic, kind of melding the two. And this is what's really interesting to me when I looked at these numbers. The magic number for the Chiefs, in my opinion, is 22 points. If they can score 22 points in a game, I feel good about their chances because the Chiefs have played five games against playoff teams this season. They're two and three in those games. But in those five games, if the Chiefs would have scored 22 points, they would be 5-0. and oh. And again, those are against playoff teams that the Chiefs could face this year. And you could take that a couple of different ways. You could be like pissed off about the offense, or you could look at it and say the Chiefs defense has given up an average of 17 points per game to teams that they could face in the playoffs. The Chiefs defense is every bit good enough to carry this team. It's just so different than what we're used to. And so the margin of error being different, uh, it's putting more on the defense than we're used to. Mm -hmm. But again... 17 points per game this year in the five games against playoff teams. Chiefs would be 5-0 and in those games. They are not getting blown out. It does not make it any less frustrating to watch with Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. leading an offense that is not functioning even at any kind of clip that we're used to seeing, uh, let alone just being average uh, within the NFL because they were not yesterday. Uh, they were bad. But there is a path to winning with this, and it actually made me feel a little bit better to look at those numbers. And we all know like they're not getting blown out. Uh, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. We talked about a lot on the postgame show last night that expectations are a crazy thing when you expect them to go out and put 30 points a game to go to the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl every year, not with ease, but with not playing well. They were good enough in the past that they could beat people by playing an average game. They're not at that point now. They can't lose the turnover battle and expect to win a game because of what we saw yesterday, giving up, what, 14, two touchdowns off turnovers. So... Uh, again, for me, the magic number is 22 points. Can the Chiefs offense, last special teams, and even the defense forcing turnovers, can you be in a position to give up or score 22 points? And if you do that, you're beating the teams like the Detroit Lions, yeah. like the Miami Dolphins, uh, like the Jaguars, teams that you could face. And after what we saw with Baltimore last night, that's going to be a huge test. Um, we'll get more into kind of what's a successful season look like later in this show, but um, I know it's based on fact, but for me, the opinion is 22 points uh, in a game. We'd be 5-0 and right now, and that's going forward, getting into the playoffs, win one more game here in the playoffs. 
Uh, that's what I'm looking for. I, I think that's a good way of looking at it, right? You, you, and I know we'll get to this later. Resetting those expectations. I mean, my therapist tells me all this time, this all the time. She's like, if you would stop putting on so many expectations in relationships, you probably have a good one. <laughs> so maybe that's what the Chiefs do, right? They just got to re or the Chiefs fan base reset the expectations, reset the way that we view how the Chiefs are going to win. It's been notoriously a certain way since Mahomes has taken over as a starter, and it's just not going to be that way. And it, it does suck that we're talking about the Chiefs being on the other side of those, uh, you know, one-run games, right? Like, the just the close games that you're you're almost about to be able to tip the scale and, and finish and close it out, and they just haven't had that closing ability, that uh, ability to just keep their head above water like we saw them do so many other times. They didn't have to blow out teams. They just had to keep their head above water, and that's just not what's happening this season. Yeah. All right, it's one number four. Depending on the Chiefs' defense, uh, Chiefs' defense obviously stepping up yeah. uh, and playing pretty dominant. I thought early in that game, the two MVPs of the game were Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. Yeah, uh, those guys without a doubt balling out uh, and playing really well. I know you've got some some numbers here um, on Legereus Sneed, which leads to conversation that we had last week regarding Chris Jones versus Legereus Sneed. Uh, who's you, more important? Who's more important? Yeah. Uh, and yesterday, you needed both of them uh, to do what they're going to do, and uh, for the again, for this team mm-hmm. overall to be able to go out there and win against other really good teams that you're going to face in the playoffs, you need both those guys playing at a high level. And again, this is another opinion based on fact. <laughs> We're just merging all these oh, together. Just shooting from a hip with nothing to back it up. So. I mean, it's true, though. So, Legereus Steed pretty much shuts down Devontae Adams yesterday. He limited him to just four yards on six targets. Of course, Chris Jones picks up a sack. Uh, Charles Aminahue also had a sack. The pressure that Jones brought, I think uh, it goes, when you really dive into the film of that, it, it's unmatched what he's able to do. I haven't ever been seen, and I think that's the reason why it was such a big deal to re-sign him or have him on this team is because you don't see anyone else produce the type right. of pressure that he does. But again, here we are in another situation where the Chiefs defense steps up big. They give the offense opportunities. We've seen Mahomes talk to Jones on the sideline before getting caught by cameras yelling, you know, I need you, I need you to to get us back on the field. Like I need you to do this for me. And time and time again, they have. It's just that the offense hasn't capitalized off of those opportunities. And here we are again talking about that same saga and storyline and with no solution to it. Yeah, but I'm happy I, the defense is defensing. I mean, that, that that's incredible. Yeah, that's we, a positive. It's easy to have the opinions on everything based on, like for me, it's always got to be written and based in fact. You got to be able to connect dots in some kind of way to make you feel a certain way. And if you would have said going into that game that the opposing quarterback would have 62 yards passing, they go 0 of 3 inside the red zone, and they 3 of 12 on third down, you'd think you won that game because yeah. you don't expect Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense to give up two touchdowns. Um, on offense, and we'll get into the Jack Jones here one here in a second because there's a lot to unpack with that play. Uh, but the other one is the play call. Like I'm really surprised they ran that kind of play at that part uh, of the field. Um, just, there was a lot of screaming at that point in my household. Yeah, but at the same time, like we're asking them to not do the, like what's the definition of insane? They yep. do the same thing over and over again. They tried something different, completely did not work. And you're like, why are you doing that? Well, the others. And if it would have worked, it would have been the solution. Isn't right? working either. And so the the one thing I will say, and it's easy to go back and screenshot individual plays. And I have friends and people are watching the show. They're like, you know, Mahomes is missing open receivers, and you could do that for a lot of plays yeah. uh, across the NFL. Um, he was under so much pressure. I looked at it earlier. He had 22 pressures on 57 dropbacks. He ended up not attempting 57 passes, but about 35, 40% of the time he's dropping back, he was under pressure. I was more disappointed with the offensive line 
yesterday than I was the receivers because the receivers are what they are. Like the passing game yeah. kind of is what it is at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need Travis Kelsey to run mad uh, and to kind of kind of show some of the fight that he did yesterday. Yeah. Um, and kind of providing a spark for the offense. And we saw Rasheed Rice make a couple of plays. It's It's been kind of what we've come to expect. Um, surprise Richie James didn't get more involved. They've talked about that before. But there's so much pressure, and Mahomes is running for his life. I saw Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports uh, put the stat out that Mahomes was scrambling and sprinting more to avoid pressure in the game yesterday against the Raiders than he did in that Don't say it. game against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. No. He was scrambling more yesterday. Now, what, then what does that do in terms of he goes to drop back and set at the top of his drop yep. to deliver a football knowing I'm probably going to have to start scrambling? What does that do mentally for him? Is he really reading a defense when he gets to the top or is yeah. he thinking, what's my easiest way to escape to buy three extra yeah. seconds uh, to try and make a play scrambling, rushing, whatever it is? And so I can't imagine how tired he is today um, after that game with as much he was as he was scrambling. It's not an excuse. Um, I don't think Mahomes played particularly well. I think some of those passes, we've gotten to a point where you're in one camp. Either you blame everything on Mahomes on a missed pass or you blame everything on a wide receiver uh, for not knowing where to sit in the zone in the right way. We see Rasheed Rice not get his hands up. We saw on the interception, Justin Watson, his route. We can talk about that here in a second again. But number five here on the list, and a fact, as much as we've talked about Patrick Mahomes and his struggling, Patrick Mahomes still has the most yards from scrimmage for a quarterback in the NFL this year. So when you take passing yards plus rushing yards, he's number one. And just with passing yards, he ranks fourth. And the reason that he's up number one is he has more rushing yards than Tua, Brock Purdy, and Jared Goff. He vaults ahead of them. And he's not that much further behind them in passing yards. So again, yeah. context is important in regards to what we've been accustomed to watching and what we've seen this year not even close to what it's been, that only tells us how much better we were mm-hmm. than everybody else over the last few years and have these ex- expectations that are set. But again, Patrick Mahomes still number one in the league in passing and rushing yards combined, which is saying something considering all the other issues that we've been seeing. Yeah. Throw, throw just a teeny bit of a curveball. I know we need to move on, but okay. why was the O-line not getting enough push? Also, is this just the fact that defenses are catching up? Like, is it a combination I think, it's a a I think it's a combination of we are that team now that everybody's going up against. It's sure. easy to get you up against us. Back. Yeah. You know, Max Crosby, anytime that he's on a field, those guys are going to be fired up and ready to play. I think Antonio Pierce has done a phenomenal job getting those guys fired up and ready to play. Yeah. I think the combination of all the stats that everybody talks about all the time of mm-hmm. Mahomes hadn't lost a game against the division in November, December in his career. I think the Raiders get tired of hearing about that. Raiders hadn't beat the Chiefs since 2020. I think they get tired of hearing about that. I think it's a perfect storm of a lot of things coming together. And then the offensive line, and I I was completely prepared during that game and right before that game to throw so many receipts at Amik Robertson, number 21 from them, the nickelback cornerback, mm-hmm. who I like coming out of the draft because of his fire, the way that he played. Similar to Jack Jones, we talked to him at the Shrine Bowl, and he was a fun dude. You go back and watch or listen to our content at the Shrine yeah. Bowl. We talked about Jack Jones just having that chip. He plays with the kind of attitude that you want a cornerback to have. But then when you're playing against him, you don't like him at all. But <laughs> Amik Robertson came out and said, we have more dogs than they do on the defensive side. They thought that after the first game, they thought they were the better team, and they thought that they just had oh my gosh, more that. dogs. And he, yeah. made, he made that comment, and it kind of, peaked everybody's ears. Yeah, I was all prepared to bring up the receipts and they come out and just absolutely kick the shit out of the Chiefs offense in the offensive line. 
uh, getting beat up up front. Wanya Morris did not play well at all. Um, I do think it's interesting the PFF grade just came out and that Patrick Mahomes had the worst grade of anyone um, on yeah, there. Great. And so say we want about PFF. I saw Mahomes scrambling for his life, saw him miss some throws. But again, leading the league and all of those things. So let's move on to number six, the opinion part of this, uh, because I do think the Jack Jones interception proved to be the difference yeah. in that game. And Shut it I think it was more of a great play from Jack Jones than it was one of those plays negative to Patrick Mahomes. And the reason why I want to bring up the tape here, Tucker, and show this, because normally when you throw balls, you know, outside the numbers or along the sideline and they're picked off like that, it's because the throw was late. This throw was not late. If you, I don't know if Tucker can pause it right when Mahomes starts to let go of the ball, but Justin Watson hadn't stopped his route yet. That ball was not late as far as his throwing. Now, replay and show it again. Right in the face, too. Tucker, can we rewind and bring it back to the beginning? And if you can pause it, Tucker, I know it's hard with the system, but when he lets go of this football, the break, like Justin Watson hadn't stopped yet, but when you watch it a third time, would you just focus on Justin Watson's route? I'm not going to pretend to be a wide receiver coach or what's happening, but I've watched enough routes to know that a lot of times they're cleaner than this and it doesn't take this many steps. Watch Justin Watson at the top. When he starts to slow down, he takes a lot of steps and then turns, doesn't come back. I don't know if he's supposed to on that play, but Jack Jones is showing press coverage on this play and then bails and completely drives on that route in which Mahomes fired it on time, lets starts his throwing motion again before he gets to the top of his route. I don't think it was late. I just think it was a phenomenal play from Jack Jones uh, on that side of it before we get into what happened after the play. Again, here we go again. As Mahomes lets go of that ball, he's not at the top of his route. So that's my defense of Mahomes is it wasn't right. late, which is normally what you might see on a play like that. I, I, I don't also think that you only defend Mahomes you know what I mean I feel like you have a pretty good fair opinion on giving him the blame when when he deserves it and and then I also think that he's pretty good about that too we see him after pressers being very fair about the fact that hey this one's on me but there have been so many circumstances where it's been blatantly obvious that it wasn't on Mahomes yeah. where I think people get on that little tangent of oh everyone Mahomes can't do any wrong Mahomes can't do wrong yeah he can't I mean we've seen that before but this is I, I agree with you this is not a situation this is a phenomenal play by their defense yeah there there are other throws and things that we can bring up and talk about Patrick Mahomes is late on this or he wasn't sure, good sure, here where he forced uh, the one along the sideline where MVS would put it on mid NVS because that's not a replay. If that would have stood, that highlight would just continue to show MBS not really playing through the route um, or whatever. But that yeah. particular interception, I'm not sure uh, was necessarily on Mahomes and Patrick saying that was a good play. Ross was wide open on that pick to Watson um, and just wasn't great overall. I thought that was the biggest difference in this game. But now let's focus a little bit on what happened afterwards. Yeah. Haley. You got pretty sassy, sassy with the children. Now, you know me. I'm not the biggest kiddo fan. <laughs> I, like, I like your kids. I like... <laughs> I didn't know that. So I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty vocal about that. Okay. Don't be mean to kids. Like, that's not okay. The, the, the fact... And then he wants to re-back the... the there's clear video of context. Okay. Are, do we have video of this or did the, the NFL cut it off? Tucker, show it for the... Okay, let's, let's, let's show after the interception, he goes over to the sideline. Looks as if he's going to hand it to a young Chiefs fan and then yeets the ball away from the kid. Now, this isn't perfect. I feel like there's better, and maybe the NFL's just scrubbed the internet already, <laughs> of all the video. But 
he went on to say in the locker room afterwards that an adult was trying to grab it. Okay, so you're saying his dad was trying to grab it from the kid's hands? Like, Seems like he's pulling it back before yeah. the dad goes to reach for it. Yeah, it just looks like he's teasing the kid and it's messed up. And the Raiders are the Raiders, but like, damn. I mean, kudos, kudos to him. He gets picked up on waivers this past month as back-to-back pick sixes. It's a huge accomplishment. Um, sucks that it was against the Chiefs, but... I think it's cool that he played for Antonio Pierce in high school, that they've known each other. Yeah, I mean, he was fired too. up. Yeah, he was fired up and had different things where Antonio Pierce is going in, kind of calming him down. Yeah, Arizona There's... State um, there. Like I said, we talked to him at the Shrine Bowl. He was a fun dude to talk to. He was talking trash the whole time at an all-star game, which is something you don't normally see where a lot of guys, they're not comfortable with the dudes around them. They know there's a lot of people watching. To get out there and talk trash and just to kind of be in your element, you could tell that you have the kind of attitude that, honestly, deep most DBs have. Yeah. Uh, whether they're that vocal about it, they all kind of have that inner confidence uh, to go out there and uh, and say, whenever I get beat, it was a mistake. You got lucky uh, kind of deal. And he's a fun dude to talk to at the Shrine Bowl uh, in Las Vegas a couple years ago, but um, not fun to watch him make plays. So let's move on to number seven. Um, actually, before we do that, Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with number seven, talking about uh, Mahomes moving up the uh, all-time passing chart. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Uh, welcome back to 10 Things with myself and Haley Lewis. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us, uh, whether it's a group therapy session uh, or whether you're just needing uh, needing your chief's fix for the day. Um, Mahomes moving up passing chart. Haley, you want to take this one? Got some more stuff? Yeah, it's lengthy. You want me... Uh... We can break it up. Okay. All right. Let's start here. After recording 235 passing yards in yesterday's game, Mahomes claimed second place for the most passing yards in a player's first seven seasons in NFL history with 28,179 yards. Jumping ahead of QB Matt Ryan, Mahomes also recorded his highest single game rushing rushing performance of the season, 53 yards on 10 rushes, ranking as the seventh highest single game rushing output in his career. Mahomes finished the game, connecting 27 of 44 passes for 235 yards with seven passing touchdowns, with a seven-yard passing touchdown to Justin Watson. We got a lot of stats. You want to summarize the, 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 the Yeah, I'll get to this. So basically, book. Patrick Mahomes is about 1,300 yards shy of passing Peyton Manning for the most passing yards Jeez. in players' first seven years. Peyton Manning, in his first seven years in the NFL, started 112 games. Patrick Mahomes is at 95. Patrick Mahomes is 17, has played 17 games less than, basically an entire season, uh, less than Peyton Manning and is only 1,300 yards shy. So he stays healthy. He's going to surpass all of these records and paces and and all of the things. Um, that's just what it is. And as the words are coming out, Haley, it's just kind of depressed. It's almost like, I remember how good it used to be? Remember how good it used to be? And again, even as I say that, I'm thinking back to Patrick Mahomes is fourth in the league in passing yards yeah. this year, and you add in the rushing yards leading the NFL. So just a very interesting, frustrating time to be a Chiefs fan uh, with, again, what we've come to expect over the last few years. But uh, next one, uh, along the same lines, uh, with Travis Kelsey, he hauled in a 24-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes for his first reception yesterday. That catch marked his 900th career reception, marking, making him one of four tight ends in NFL history to snag 900 receptions and the fastest tight end to reach that mark, doing so in 158 career games, besting the previous mark of 181 games set by wow. Jason Witten. So again, doing some quick math, Travis Kelsey got to 900 receptions, 23 games faster than the next fastest player. Don't know how long Travis Kelsey is going to want to continue to play, but if he played as long as Tony Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Jason Wynn, he would have every NFL record there is for a tight end, and he's already up there in most of them. In a game in which we thought nothing good was happening, <laughs> we found we found the silver lining. But <laughs> number eight, nobody cares. <laughs> No one cares unless you win. You know what I mean? Like, this is all... I mean, this is literally what we do, so I hope you still care about this podcast because we give you these facts, yeah. win or lose. But these are these are the stats that, like, if you said that to Mahomes, it's the... You know those podium questions when we go in there and ask them questions afterwards and you say, oh, but you did you know that you did this, this, this? They're funny. like, I don't give a crap. I didn't get a win. Like, yeah. I don't look at that stuff. I do not care unless I have a dub in the win column. I've shared this before. And when I worked there, and this was a long time ago, and I did it. four years, I used to go up to Travis Kelsey in the locker room, not with a can- like not with a microphone. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, and it was during his like thousand yard, like consecutive thousand yard yeah. streaks. Like yeah. no tight end had three straight thousand yard seasons before. And Kelsey, that third year when he was going to get it mm-hmm. went up and told him like you know you're the only player in NFL like only tight end in NFL history of three straight thousand yard seasons and I remember to this day exactly he was just like usually that's cool man but I don't really care about that stuff 
It's like me and I was so excited to come tell you because he wasn't in the locker room during open media. Shocker. And no, no one is. And no. then we all flood in and I went don't in afterwards. It's like, hey man, I just wanted to let you know this. And he just looked at me like, I don't care. Yeah. It's like, okay. And, and it makes that, me want to tell him more stuff like that. That's what makes their mentality elite. I think that's like phenomenal because that's what makes elite players so good is that they are able to block out any type of noise that doesn't get them closer to the Super Bowl. Like at the end of the day, you need more wins to get to get in the position and then the playoffs, everything, you know, from the regular season doesn't matter. You're there. You got to win and get to the to the biggest stage. But yeah, I I love the stats for the, the Chiefs lover inside of me. But it's great for like off season debates when people are like, "Well, Rob, sure. Gr- Rob Gronkowski's and the best," and like you get Elo to use this stuff to be like, "Well, actually, yeah, good but the players, good they are. They just want to win. Like they don't care about any of this, which is why I think for a lot of times when the Chiefs win games and like they win ugly, yeah, and we've seen a handful of them this year where the players almost are like, "Hey, I'm kind of happy that we won," and fans are just pissed. Yeah, they're like, they're like, wrong with our offense?" And it was we like, don't care. We don't care. We won a game. I don't care what the stats look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you lose and the stats are bad and we have all the context of yeah. the passing down the field and guys versus zone and all of that, the only people, and I know this is frustrating to listen to, and it doesn't make it any better. We talked about the post game show last night that the worst part is we're all emotionally invested into something that we can't affect at all. You mean or me yelling at the TV yeah. is not helping them play harder? Listen, me losing my mind and screaming as loud as I can at I Arrowhead try. makes me feel like we used to say, yeah. like, you know, pe- people don't go to Arrowhead to watch a game. They go well, to participate. 11th, BJ. Okay. I'm trying here. We're doing our part and you can get <laughs> false starts and all that stuff. It's not, not real. But for the most part, we can't affect anything. Right. We're emotionally invested into it. So we just get mad. And now we have social media to get on there and say whatever. Um, everybody wants somebody to blame. We'll make this a very short segment. So I'm curious your thoughts. We talked about this a lot on the postgame show. Everybody wants somebody to blame. And they want that person to blame for change to be made. They're not going to make a sweeping change. I would be surprised for them to fire anybody at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. And it's everybody's at fault. It's not one person. If you're looking for one person to blame, it's Andy Reid. You're not firing him. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the greatest coach or one of the greatest coach in Chiefs history, one of the greatest five coaches in NFL history can have a bad stretch, can have bad games, can have players that are brought in that they just yeah. can't reach to get the most out of to get them to do what they need to do for the offense to function. I mean, look the at way Belichick. That he's done it. I mean, not not even right now. I'm talking about when he had Tom Brady and they had those lulls. Like, let's go back to those years. Yeah, they had Randy Moss and they never won with him. They're the greatest offense ever, and they didn't. It win happens. And so, yeah, it it's frustrating because we can't control it, and the yeah. person who's to blame isn't going to be like you're not getting rid of Mahomes. you're not getting rid of Mahomes. home each you're not getting rid of andy reed like that's asinine to even think to do those types of things and i saw comments on the show last night saying well maybe he just doesn't care anymore and he's just kind of milking it you've never heard you've obviously never from me like you don't know anything about <laughs> andy reed the guy works and works mm. and works 19 hours a day for 355 days a year um the football is what he's about and so the same people that are at fault for this are the same people best tasked to fix it. Yeah. And the rest of it just have to sit and wait and watch. And again, I go back to the, they're not getting blown out. Mm-hmm. They're two and three against playoff teams. Mm-hmm. It's not great, but they've given up 17 points per game because the defense really is that good. And we've seen Spagnolo in the playoffs be able to dial things up 
and play really well. And you've got guys like Legereus, I don't care what the PFF numbers say. You've got guys like Chris Jones and Trent McDuffie. You've got talent, and Nick Bolton missed a chunk of time. Charles who missed a chunk of yeah. the season. And so if the defense, forget about the offense for a minute, if the defense can be playing their best football over the next couple of weeks, win one of these games, get into the playoffs, go on a wild card, beat a Jacksonville Jaguars or a mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills team, which would probably be the worst case scenario for the Chiefs in the wild card round. But at that point, Let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, just it hasn't been the season you thought it was going to be. Go run through the gauntlet and just win ugly. And maybe that's what it's going to take this that's year. T shirts win ugly. I like that. I will support, I will retweet and support there making those shirts. Okay. Oh, I, I'm getting it. I take on too many things as it is. Oh, really? You don't seem busy at all. So, <laughs> your phone doesn't buzz the entire show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the last two. Yeah. Uh, number nine is a fact. Yep, no more chance to one seed. They were saying this on the broadcast all day yesterday. They have to win or get a tie to be able to lock up or have a chance at a one seed in the AFC. Of course, they lost, so that's no longer it. They're now 9-6. and They are no longer alive for that one seed in the AFC. Kansas City could have clinched their eighth straight division title also with a win or a tie yesterday. But, of course, with the loss, they now have to go through another week of what if. Now, they just need one more win. So out of the two games coming up against the Bengals and the Chargers, they just need to win at least one of them to lock up the division. But this is also putting us in the position to see Mahomes. Now, it's it's very unlikely the Chiefs will not play in the playoffs. I mean, it's plausible, I hate to even say, but we'll potentially see Mahomes playing his first career road game. And that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I like I said, I'm going to be confident whenever Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and this defense step on the field that they have a chance to win, that they have a higher likelihood than not to win but again, it's just going to be different. And I know there's a lot of comments uh, in there, and Tucker will start bringing those on. There you go. You already got one, one Thank sale. Thank you. A, a sale. sale. So, oh, we'll give it to charity. There you go. Um, yeah, an angry, angry, drunken German. Our path to victory right now is through the O-line, the D, and Butker. It is what it is. Own time of possession. Don't return it over. I don't want to talk about okay. it. Okay. You, you it's done? not the time that okay. I want to start worrying about 35-yard field goals not okay. going in. Okay. <laughs> we dealt with that last year. They still got the Super Bowl in one. Thank you, Dean. It started. Um, thank you, Dean. And I I said this last night on the hosting show again, and I'm going to I'm gonna make a graphic to where I can visu- like visually show this. Yeah. I feel like what happens a lot with fans, and this goes back to the, for those who remember this, the Anthony Hitchens talking about how Chiefs fans are toxic and it pissed off all Chiefs fans. I think players are reacting to the loudest, most ridiculous people saying the dumbest stuff. The people saying fire Andy Reid right now. Yeah, it's fire Brett Veach, trade Patrick Mahomes, and people that are laughing and rolling your eyes. Yes, but that players can't separate but someone really base. said trade Patrick Mahomes. It's you seen in the comment comments? section. Yes. It's like, if we're not going to win, why not rebuild and start this thing over? Rebuild? It was more than one person. But it's like, you don't want to give credence to those people. But I think that a lot of times you have players and fans and when the, it, all this animosity comes, people are reacting to the loudest, most mm-hmm. ridiculous comments where everybody who's in the middle, who's just frustrated saying, this needs to be better. And then all of a sudden, somebody over on the optimistic side treats that person like they're on the clear other end. And it's like, we're not reacting to the same things. I think most fans are in the, this is really frustrating. This is really annoying. What is going on? The group isn't that much different than last year. Juju Smith-Schuster didn't make all this difference. I know, and I will will concede that there's 
something to the Eric Bieniemy and the way he hold held guys accountable. I don't think you're wrong. Might then. be missing, but I don't think that's the difference of how poor the offense has played. That that was the deal. People say, well, Matt Nagy's the offensive coordinator. He's the one doing everything. That's not how the Chiefs' offense works. That's Honey. giving him a lot of power. It's not to diss Matt Nagy and his responsibilities, but Andy Reid is the Chiefs' yeah, offense. That's, that's where this thing goes through. And so, again, it's everybody wants somebody to blame. It all starts, and it's the reason he stands up and says, it's on me. Mm-hmm. Every time they lose, he said, this is on me. Sometimes it gets annoying. Sometimes right now it's like, it is on you because the personal isn't that much different yeah. than it was a year ago. But the output is completely different, which means it is more than one person. Is a systemic problem. So now that we have gotten all that out, sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, it's back to last night. <laughs> the passion came out, <laughs> but it's true. Everything I mean, is true. We need to find a middle ground. But I will ask you this: It's not great radio or podcasting, but it's not one person. It is a it's confluence of things coming together. Now you have to reset your expectations, right? You have to look at this team differently, you know, and and, and find. Find the, what's the best case scenario? How are we going to, and I hate to say even like spin this positively, but now you look ahead to the playoffs and we're, and we're two games away from that starting. What is a successful Chiefs season in your opinion? Is that, do you see the Chiefs making the AFC title game? Do you see them making it out of the wild card round? Do you see a divisional matchup? Like what is, what is the future of the Chiefs in the playoffs now that we've said all that. I had so many thoughts when you said that, and I got to be very careful about the way I word this because yeah. I really don't want to piss anybody off who's listening. But we as Chiefs fans should not be so entitled that winning the division means nothing. Agreed. I agree. Winning an eighth straight division title doesn't mean nothing, even though the expectations should be and are well beyond because it's been just expected. winning yeah. the division title. They're expected to get to the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game and go to compete for Super Bowls. Now that we've kind of seen what, excuse me, this season is, I do think it's fair to reset the, what would you be happy with seeing what this team has looked like yeah. and them overachieving with this group the way that we've seen them play. We haven't seen them put an offensive performance together for an entire game, really all season. We've seen different times where we've done different Maybe things. the Chargers game was the best one at home. Yeah. That's probably the best one I can think of. Yeah. So we know that people are there. Yeah. It's just not <laughs> happening. And the why could only be answered probably like three or four people yeah. and those people are not going to get up and explain it. Sorry. like I think that's a fair way of saying They're not going to be open and tell us everything because it's not on them to tell us. It's on them to no. fix it. They're not fixing it. We may see the accountability of what's happening right now happen in the off season if there's changes to sure. the coaching staff, but they're not going to get up and say, this wasn't good enough. This is why we let it like, it's not going to happen like that. We're all going to be connecting dots on things that we're not a hundred percent sure about. But for me, sorry. Someone just asked if the Chiefs will be a Super Bowl, reigning Super Bowl team to miss the playoffs. They're not going to miss the play. They're going to win one of the next two games. They I don't hope. think, yeah, LFG. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. They need to win one of the next two to capture the division, get a home playoff game. Um, I think that getting to the AFC Championship game is the goal at this mm-hmm. point. Um, I don't think there's so many other dominant teams in the AFC based on what we've seen and how they've played again. 17 points per game this year in the five games against playoff teams. Yeah, that's a good point. The offense should be, even at this level, should be able to put 21 points on the board with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid calling plays, Pat, Travis Kelsey, however you want to dial it up. I think they can get there. Uh, if they end up playing in the divisional round against Baltimore, wherever the seating ends up, with a Baltimore, a Miami, or a Buffalo, which I guess you could end up in the wild card round, those are the three teams that if you lose to, 
I'm okay. If they lose to, if Houston gets in, if they lose to a Jacksonville in the playoffs, that's when I'm to be upset. Because like even this version of the Chiefs team with a dominant defense and Patrick Mahomes and making magic happen, I think, and not that he's not made mistakes, I get it. Um, losing to anybody but those three would be disappointing. To, yeah. If they get to the AFC Championship game, I'll be happy. Even if they get that, you go to the playoffs, it's going to be mistake-free, No, not turning the ball over, which is going to be a really hard thing for Patrick Mahomes, knowing that he wants to go out there and make plays all over the place. The offense isn't moving the ball. It's going to make him want to make a big play or to force things or do whatever he can, which lends itself to more turnovers. Yeah, It's completely changing his mindset. Getting back to kind of like the Alex Smith time, um, before his final year, we start chucking it deep to Tyreek all over the place. But it's throw to the right guy, check it down if it's there. And the way the teams are playing the Chiefs now, yeah. I just get somebody that can get McColl back and just run a four verts. Like at one point, I was like, just run four <laughs> verts every time and throw to the guy. Uh, and maybe you get some pass interference. The biggest plays in the game offensively, the reason that a lot of those drives extended were penalties on the Raiders defensively. Uh, extended a couple of drives in key moments. I know it's an old coaching say, but like pressure is a privilege and they are getting everyone's best, everyone's best shot. And I think a lot of times when we're ranting through all these different things, we need to recognize the the pressure that comes on on their backs for winning how they've been able to so far and doing what they were doing. And am, am I like playing a little sad violin for them and their heavy paychecks? No, not at all. But I'm saying I think people need to recognize the fact that they get the the, the most from any team because no. of course you want to defeat the reigning Super Bowl champs and they have to live with that pressure the outside noise and all the crap that we're throwing at it too and all the stuff that the rest of the media is saying and and find a way to reset their expectations as well not just the fan base and it's gonna get to a point especially to get into the playoffs where the Chiefs are not a favorite and they don't have the same kind of pressure that other teams do yeah because they went, they won a Super Bowl, like they've been there before. They're not going to feel that same kind of pressure because, uh, again, the roster yeah. isn't that much different. The coaching staff isn't that much different uh, than it's been in the past. And the top receivers outside, again, of Juju yeah. and offensive line, yeah, you traded out Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr. for Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith and now Wanya Morse. Um, but you get into the playoffs, they're going to feel like they've got nothing to lose at this point. Maybe they'll play a little bit more free. Yeah, maybe it plays differently. Because... It's pretty tight right now, and it's it's a really tough thing to watch. All right, we're going to – those are the 10 stats and facts that we've got. We'll hang out for a couple more minutes. If you've got any thoughts, uh, any questions that we can react to, kind of do an AMA yeah. at this point for the last maybe five minutes of the show. Um, we appreciate, again, everybody for hanging out. Please hit the like and subscribe. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, tell your friends about us, all that good stuff. Did you see Pacheco on the training table? Yeah. That's like the epitome – can you imagine what Rick said? To oh my God! Can you imagine if not that he would? I hope find himself injured after you know falling on a table. But can you imagine? It's just like it's going to be a meme. It already is a meme. Tucker, you would know these things. Memes. You're you're the you're the social. It has been quite, It's been quite the microcosm of the chief season. <laughs> that just image of a concussed Isaiah Pacheco. It's just like in, like in the bow of a table. Just realizing what is going on. He yeah. has just been a kind of a microcosm. It's tough. And then Jarek McKinnon being out. I mean, that kind of came out of nowhere. That did. That was, uh, that was tough. We missed him in pass pro really more than anything. Yeah. It's, it's coming from everywhere.
<laughs> it is what it is. That was tough. And we can go through some of the PFF grades uh, and numbers. We talked about it before. Patrick Mahomes 0 of 3 on passes beyond 20 yards. Uh, and teams start playing down uh, and bringing those safeties down against them. They're driving on these short routes and the majority of the throw is being at or around the line of scrimmage. Uh, do some pause. Let's go to the Chiefs defense. PFF grades. Top five PFF grades for Chiefs players against the Raiders. Justin Reed was the highest graded Chiefs player. Then Leo Chanel had 34 snaps. Uh, get some run in there. Nick Bolton, then Chris Jones, and then Jalen Watson uh, being the top five graded players according to PFF. The bottom five uh, for the Chiefs, Tershawn Wharton, Charles Amenehu, Mike Pinnell, and then the bottom two, Willie Gay with a grade of 37. Jeez. And then Mike Edwards uh, with a grade of 29.7. But he like played just like barely a few minutes. Yeah, I don't know how, and I'm not going to pretend to know run fits and all of that. I do know that the Raiders' longest play of the game, that was the 43-yarder on that last drive that iced the game. Yeah. That was 21% of the Raiders' total offensive yards in that game. Raiders ended up with 205 yards of total offense. It's 61 on that final drive, uh, 43 of it on that one That's run. Tough. And it seemed like that was Mike Edwards' kind of responsibility, or Willie Gay, um, one of those two guys. Uh, it seemed like Willie a couple of times missed some tackles uh, in open space that led to two of the chunk plays uh, or two of the only chunk plays that the Raiders got in that game. But uh, those are the grades, according to PFF, for the Chiefs defense. Now you go to the offense. Um, highest graded. <laughs> I didn't notice this until right now. The top five graded Chiefs offensive players, Trey Smith, Number one, Richie James, number two. We're going to skip number three for a second. Number four, Clyde edwards Lair, And number five, Creed Humphrey. Wow. Um, number three, highest graded Chiefs offensive player yesterday was Tommy Townsend. On the okay. fake punt, back shoulder, throw to... I mean, it was a nice play. It, it gave me some juice. That might be the most like telling statistic regarding the Chiefs game against the Raiders. The third highest graded offensive player was the punter. That play has also gone very bad before who also had a very bad punt, again, in a big situation. And don't want to make that a thing, but it seems like when there's some big moments, sometimes those punts don't go real far. Yeah, uh, Tommy had more completed passes after the first quarter Stop. than uh, Aiden O'Connell did. We want to leave people feeling good. About this. Go. Bring That's back a good little tidbit. Christmas and family and all that. All right, the... F- the bottom five graded players, or bottom six, because a lot of people bring up Justin Ross. Justin Ross was the sixth lowest graded player, then Noah Gray, then Travis Kelsey, then Marquez Valdez-Scantling, tracks, then Wanya Morris, tracks, and then Patrick Mahomes being the lowest graded player against the Raiders with a 34.2 grade. And I will look this up real quick. Again, if you have any questions or comments, let us know. appreciate you all for hanging out. Uh, bearing with us towards the end of this, but 34.2, by far the lowest grade this season for Patrick Mahomes. And I will look through real fast. I can't imagine there being a game in which he was graded lower, which does surprise me. Granted, they pay more attention to every play, and I'll, a lot of people dog on their grades. I won't dog because I know there's people watching every single play at a level that I'm not yeah. watching it live. Oh, yeah. But I saw a guy running for his life for a good chunk of the game. and It's frustrating to watch. Again, if there's somebody open on the plate of Justin Watson, that's fine. But he didn't throw that ball late. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think in Mahomes' mind he thought that pass would get intercepted. That was just a great play and a great scheme and a great 
illustration of there is no threat on a deep pole. Justin Watson breaks and runs a hitch and go. Jack Jones is nowhere to be found. That's a touchdown. So This is so depressing. Things can only get better. I have not found back to 2020, <laughs> 2019. Billion. Yeah. By far the lowest graded game of Patrick Mahomes' career, according to PFF. Back in 2019, he had a 40 grade against Was it a tie? Houston. Oh. Oh. Tennessee Titans would be another good one um, to look at just because it was a bad game. It seemed like Mike Vrabel always uh, played pretty well against them, but nothing lower uh, than he did yesterday. 56.5 the last time they played Tennessee, or at least the Tennessee game in 2021. Mm. And then 79.6 they played in the last time. So again, a 34 grade is ungood. But if you credit the interception, to what, how are they do rank? You credit the interception yeah. to Mahomes and the fumble if you credit to Mahomes. Um, there's something. Our good friend Patrick Cree, two and two in Christmas Day games. It's tough. So shout out to anybody that went out to the game. Uh, hopefully had fun tailgating and had a, yeah. a memorable experience of all that memories. And I'm sure you had memories after that one. <laughs> good or bad, like it's something you remember and the people that there you care you about you're with and you remember like complaining yeah. and yelling and screaming about it. Um, I remember, I mean, I think it's very telling right now with Chiefs fans and their their ages on social media about how upset they are about what's happening right now. Not that we're not upset. But there was a those of us of a certain age that lived through the longest construct longest consecutive mm-hmm. losing streak in the playoffs in NFL history. Haggard. So like yeah. it's easy to set back expectations like, you know what, there was a time in which we just clamored for relevance and not taking for granted winning an AFC West division for an eighth straight year. Which they haven't done yet. Um they gotta beat the Bengals next week and my whole family will be there. So hopefully we get to see him claim yeah. eighth straight division title and maybe go buy a t shirt. Buy a t-shirt. Yeah, way AFC ugly. West Division <laughs> Champs shirt. Uh, I can't wait to see Matt McMullen's post of putting the eighth hat. There you go. On his there you go. Uh, shout out. Shout out, Matt. That'll be fun. Well, hey, I had a good Christmas all in all. Happy to spend it with family, be around family, have them here. And hopefully next week, uh, New, Year's, New Year's Day, we're chit-chatting about a much happier, much happier um, yeah. storyline. Are you going to be able to do that one in the morning or do you need? Yeah, I'll need a little time. I need a little time. A little, little time to ease into that no one. Kiddos, for you, you can go out and party and do all the things you youngins do. <laughs> and the rest of us olds will be sleeping. <laughs> Tucker will be out partying. You guys can be hung over together. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, appreciate everybody for hanging with us throughout this show. Uh, hope, in all seriousness, hope you all had a great Christmas. Um, and yeah, continue to be kind to one another. And uh, be kind to other Chiefs fans. We're yeah. going through this and we all deal with it differently. Uh, but uh, it's nothing that we can control, but we love it. And that's why you're sitting here listening to this or watching this video. Uh, we all care and um, still the greatest stretch. And again, 17 points per game given up in the five games the Chiefs played this year against playoff teams. To me, 22 is the magic number. If they can get to 22 points, I like their chance of beating anybody in the AFC. Yep. We'll leave you with something positive. Actually, I'm going to put them on the spot again. Tucker, take us home. Uh, appreciate everybody watching us. Hope you have, uh, have a have a happy happy holiday. Happy holiday. <laughs> and uh, yeah, go Chiefs. There you go.